Welcome to The Gathering Place with Blessed Is She. I'm Jenna Gizar. And I'm Beth Davis. Pull up a chair and grab a drink. Or you could just keep doing what you're doing. Pull up a chair in your heart. (laughs) Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hi, Beth. Hi, Jenna. How are you? Couldn't be better. Beth, I I think you should take an Instagram story course. I'm really so nervous about it, always. But you do great when you do close friends. It seems like you're more comfortable with that. I feel free. Yeah, I do have a close friends Instagram story. Thanks for outing me. Oh, you guys, I just made my first close friends Instagram list. I was so excited. I was on it. Yeah, there's only eight people. What? Eight. Wow. Literally went through all of my friends. Eight. Thanks, friend. Isn't that crazy? Oh my gosh. I wondered. I wasn't going to ask you. How many close friends are on your list? Mm, A couple more than eight. How many? There's probably 30. Wow. Hating on my Instagram You know what I was thinking about recently? (laughs) What's that? Dark nights of the soul. <laughs> what a what a natural <laughs> transition. I mean, actually, I was thinking about it. Can you I, help me more? Well, yeah, I was thinking about it. I think because I've been hearing a lot of people say, does God really talk to us? How do I hear from God in prayer? And I thought about Mother Teresa, you know, famously experiencing silence in prayer. And yet she was showing up every day. When her come be my light was published after her death. People were like scandalized. Mother Teresa was in darkness. Mother Teresa experienced dark night of the soul. And, you know, John of the Cross writes about dark night of the soul. The catechism really is the best primer for prayer. And it actually has a lot to say about not necessarily dark night of the soul, but spiritual dryness, which I think is more common than we think. What numbers are we in? Okay, so we're in part four. It's the section on Christian prayer. Cool. And article two is called, and I quote, the battle of prayer. Wow. Prayer, it has to be fought for. Yeah. Like we have to persevere. Paragraph 27, 28 begins with, finally, our battle has to confront what we experience as failure in prayer, discouragement during periods of dryness, sadness that because we have, quote, great possessions, we have not given all to the Lord disappointment over not being heard according to our own will, wounded pride, stifened by the indignity that is ours as sinners, our resistance to the idea that prayer is free and unmerited gift, and so forth. So basically, whatever our obstacles are in prayer, whatever failure you're assessing about your own prayer, to overcome these obstacles, we must battle to gain humility, trust, and perseverance. So then, luckily, the next part goes into facing difficulties in prayer. How do we actually persevere in prayer? But the first thing to note is just that, one, prayer is a battle, and two, we have to keep going. Yeah. Even when it's dry, even when we're not getting what we want, even when it feels like our voices are bouncing off the ceiling, we just keep going. It's a natural experience of prayer to go through periods of dryness. And I think there's a distinction between a dark night of the soul and a dark night of the senses. Yeah. So at times God does withdraw his hand, some sweeter consolations, essentially the warm fuzzies that we all want. The best explanation I ever received was sometimes the Lord withdraws his hand because he wants you to seek his face. Like he wants you to pray because of who he is and how he loves, just worship and honor and adore him for his own sake not because of what we're going to get. 
Isn't that cool? Super cool. So actually, dryness in prayer or like a dark night of the senses is really a gift. Mm. Like it gives us an opportunity to say, okay, God is not a genie. He's a person who wants to be loved more than just going to him out of utilitarian need. We're going to him because we like him, because he's worthy. And we can practice that. We can use our will to decide in faith to believe, to decide in faith to pray, even if we're not receiving immediate gratification. Mm. Like Mother Teresa, he totally won her heart. She was experiencing these like beautiful images, visions of Jesus that had a deep and profound intimacy with Christ in prayer. And only then, when she was fully into her mission, into her religious vocation, did the Lord see it fit for whatever reason to withdraw some of those consolations. So I guess I just think we're a little flippant with the phrase dark night of the soul. I think we can go through hard things or we might even be confused in prayer. For me, I know like when I'm discerning something or processing something that's really emotional or painful, it's hard to hear God. But that doesn't mean that God is not there Mm. or he's imposed some sort of darkness or silence. Now, I will say he is quiet. I think the Lord is much more the strong, silent type Mm. than I think I would like him to be. But I'm not sure if a dark night of the soul is really... I guess I need a working definition of this. You want to Google it? Sure. Yeah, I think John of the Cross is probably going to be your guy who defines dark night of the soul. A period of spiritual desolation suffered by a mystic in which all sense of consolation is removed. Now, interestingly enough... We're back at the catechism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's so good. Paragraph 2731. Another difficulty, especially for those who sincerely want to pray, is dryness. Dryness belongs to contemplative prayer when the heart is separated from God with no taste for thoughts, memories, and feelings, even spiritual ones. This is the moment of sheer faith clinging faithfully to Jesus in his agony and in his tomb. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So then this is it. If dryness is due to lack of roots because the word has fallen on rocky soil, the battle requires conversion. Wow, wow, wow. So we have in dryness This opportunity, first of all, to unite ourselves to Jesus in his agony and in his tomb. So the next time you're going and you're not feeling it, remember that Mm. Jesus was also not feeling it Mm -hmm. in the garden. You can even imaginatively unite yourself and be with Jesus in those places, even if it's your own effort, like sheer faith showing up and praying and trying, but The catechism does say that at times our dryness in prayer is due to our own stuff, Mm. like our own sin, our lack of roots, our lack of persevering. So we still require conversion. It's not because the Lord is withdrawing from us. It's not because we're at some like deep level of contemplation. Sometimes it's because we're in a state of sin. We're rocky soil. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't been deeply converted or we're not showing up regularly for prayer. And then we do and we're frustrated. And so in our own pride, we stay away from prayer. Like, oh, the Lord didn't show up that Mm. one time I showed up. 
when I'm sad, I don't turn to the Lord. That's not my go-to. My go-to is drinking. My go-to is social media. My go-to is Netflix. I don't go to the Lord. And then those moments that I do, there's no relationship. So we don't have a connection. I mean, beautiful moments of I'm gazing at you, you're gazing at me, this is beautiful. But there's not a relationship there. There was no persevering on my end in these deep moments of depression or struggles in my life. Or there's not a routine, you mean, to depend on once you come into a hard place in your life. Right. If I'm not persevering in prayer through the hard moments, that relationship slips away, just like any other friendship. Mm. If you haven't been together in a while, you haven't been checking in, you have no idea where each other is at in life. It takes a while to get back into the groove. Yeah. Okay, so here's a little bit more tough love from the catechism. Can you handle it? No. Okay, the title of this section We're is... We're going to keep it going anyway. <laughs> Why do we complain of not being heard? Paragraph 2735. In the first place, we ought to be astonished by this fact. When we praise God or we give him thanks for his benefits in general, we're not particularly concerned with whether or not our prayer is acceptable to him. On the other hand, we demand to see the results of our petitions. What is the image of God that motivates our prayer? An instrument to be used or the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it has a lot to do with our motivation. Yeah. Like if we're just in worship, we don't need anything from God. No. We're feeling it. We're just happy to give him our hearts. We're happy to pray. When we need something, when we're under pressure, Mm. when we're anxious, when we need relief here and now. When we want healing. Yeah. Yeah. We expect something of him. Right. And I was just so convicted Like, what is the image of God that motivates our prayer? An instrument to be used? I don't want to use God. I want to love Him. Yeah. And I think if you don't have a routine of prayer, you don't have a practice of prayer, there are parts of you that are still wondering, what is God like? And you begin to believe that His silence means He's not listening, or He's not attentive, or He's not reticent. He's not opening his mm-hmm. heart when that's not the heart of the Lord. It could be so many things. Usually it's on our end. It could be sin that's kinked that line of communication and you just can't hear from the Lord. You know, yeah. there are things that get in the way from our ability to hear. Even our desires can get in the way of our ability to hear. You have an enemy who doesn't want you to pray. Mm. You have an enemy that doesn't want you to believe that God hears you or that he cares. You have an enemy that is trying to affect your conversations with people, trying to discourage you, to keep you in a fog. You have an enemy that's leading us into sin, suggesting sin, so that our spiritual senses are dulled and we lose our taste for spiritual things. Right? There's so much happening So we can't be passive anymore. Yeah. We have to persevere. We have to grow in virtue. We have to call on the Holy Spirit. Yes. The circumstances of your life and how you feel about those things do affect your prayer. That doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. Doesn't mean he's not willing to talk to you. Yeah. So what do you say to people who do think they're going through this? I think gently, I would just ask what their discipline of prayer is like. Do they have a routine of prayer? And when they didn't feel this way, what was the Lord like? Last night, we were in adoration. We were in worship. I was not feeling it. I was distracted. There was a lot going on. And so I thought, okay, the best place for me to start right now and the truest thing 
that I can connect to and pray about yeah. is to thank God for what He's already done for me. There were like some big touch points in my life. I thanked God, like, thank you for that. Thank you for this person. Thank you for that thing you did. And I realized, Jenna, the things that I am the most grateful for, the things that have revealed God's heart to me and His faithfulness in like a banner way in yeah. my life, these things that now define my life are things that I prayed for for years. I prayed for years to be free, mm-hmm. you know, of habitual sin. I prayed for years for purpose and fruit in ministry. I prayed mm. for years for my dad to become Catholic. I prayed for years. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I even think about Mike's anxiety. I prayed for years for yeah. his anxiety to be healed. What came from that? Blessed is she. And Mike's healing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like something so much bigger yeah. than what I was actually praying for. Yeah. It requires perseverance. Basically, we're partnering with God for the good things that He wants to do for us, but we're agreeing to yeah. let Him do them on His time. Yeah. So where was the Lord before? And really to even go back and like drink from that well again and say, oh yeah, the Lord does speak to me. Because I think we can kind of get in our heads, like I'm not hearing from God. God's not speaking to me. It's a dark night. When's He ever going to come back? Am I ever going to be consoled again? And we get a little bit more worked up. So I would ask about a consoling or a beautiful experience of prayer in the past. I love that. Who's God been to you in the past? Or I've been recommended to before by a spiritual director to start a new practice. You're in a funk or however you want to call it. Why don't you start praying the rosary every night? Okay, Father, I shall. Well, my tips, which are all going to be spiritual in nature, would be... To either establish a practice of prayer, even when you're not feeling it, or to go back to what's worked for you in the past. And, you know, for me, that's always going to be Eucharistic adoration and scripture. Mm. My anchors are the word in the Eucharist. In fact, St. John Bosco had a vision. Have you heard of this? Mm -mm. This is actually not about the word. This is going to be about Mary. Shout out (laughs) to Mary, mother of God. Got it. (laughs) Mother to us all. So John Bosco had this image in prayer of the church as a ship. He saw the Pope at the front of the ship, at the bow of the ship. And the ship, this massive vessel, was under attack from all sides, okay? So he's watching this happen, but the ship comes between these two columns coming up out of the sea, and at the top of one is the Eucharist, and at the top of the other is Mary, an image of the Blessed Mother. And the ship anchors itself to those two pillars, And that's where it's safest. That's where it's most secure is under the protection of Mary and in devotion to the Eucharist. That's so cool. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot like you. You're in a season of some storms. And what did your spiritual director recommend? The rosary. Yeah. What about you? Concrete tips. Well, mass is one for me. Mm -hmm. I love mass so much. I like feel so fortified by the Eucharist Mm -hmm. and receiving the Eucharist. I've shared before, I really love worship. It's like where my heart is. The Lord loves me there. I love him there. You know that kind of worship, the music takes over and you're surrendered? I want that with my life. I want to live totally abandoned to the Father. And so those touch points of worship are where I remember that this isn't just an isolated moment right here. This is how I want to live my life. 
as some of you may know, we've been doing family worship. So whenever we worship, I feel like great consolation. Mike mm. loves worship. So we're just really in it together. We're really of one heart. It's something that just was really touching to both of us and the Lord really touches us there. But besides that, it's just been so beautiful going to the chapel and knowing that even if I don't feel emotionally this overwhelming experience with God, I know exactly where I can find him. Yeah. And scripture has become such a consolation to me that I can open it up and there's something that he's speaking to me. So no matter if I can't hear God, if I don't know what he's doing, he's always right here. That's beautiful. And that's what worship is too, is just saying Bible verses over and over again. I remember when Stephanie Gretzinger, she was talking about the song, You Are Good. Oh, yeah. And you know, the chorus is just, you are good. You yeah. are good. Oh. <laughs> so she said, you know, I, I sang that song hundreds of times. You might have even gotten sick of hearing me sing that song. We but didn't, Stephanie. We absolutely Some didn't. did. But she said, I was singing that for my life. I was declaring that God is good. Yeah. I had to come to believe that. So I'm with you. Those are my favorite songs, too, where we're just saying the same thing again and again. I because mean, it's to not continue. a nice thing. It's not just like a no. sentimental thought. It's truth. It's biblical truth. Yep. If Jesus said it, it's true. You're never going to let me down? That is something I will continue to echo into my own life yeah. forever. Lord, you will never let me down. So no good. matter how much I'm suffering, no matter how many miscarriages I have, no matter how much happens in my life, you will never let me down. I will always have you. I will yeah. always have a father. So good. I'm trying to think what my like anthem is right now. Let's hear it. I didn't even process it until this conversation, but I've really been loving this Phil Wickham album, which is yeah. very unlike me. <laughs> yeah. I usually prefer like live worship, but I can't get away from this album. And there's one song called Till I Found You. The chorus is, I never knew anything lasts forever till I found you. I could cry thinking about that. Yeah. I think for me, relationships always feel a little bit fragile. I'm sure that goes back deep into childhood or family or wherever we pick up these things. But I do always feel like at any moment, I could lose somebody. Not to death, but like I could lose a relationship. And I feel so insecure in that. And so to come to believe my relationship with God lasts forever because the Lord lasts forever and he's invited me into eternal life. So my life is forever with him. It's the security of saying, I never knew anything lasts forever till I found you. I love that. Maybe what people could do who feel like they're in desolation yeah. at hard times is find an anthem. I love that. Yeah. And I think people probably have one. Yeah. They're just letting it pass them by. Just like we hear from the Lord all day long in like the circumstances of our life, in Encinu, Jesus talks about, I speak to you in barely perceptible signs. You really have to be paying attention because the Lord's always moving. He's always pursuing your heart, enticing your heart. But we think things are coincidences or we think right. that was just a nice thing someone said or that's random, that song was on the radio. And we just kind of let it pass us by instead of grabbing a hold of it with both hands and mm -hmm. saying, that's for me, yeah. that's mine. I'm going to sing it and declare it and speak it out until I believe it in the depths of my soul. So what's the song that's just kind of knocking around in your head? What's the verse that always brings you comfort, but you just kind of brush it off like, oh, that's so sweet. Even secular songs put me in good moods. 
Tell me more. The girls have to audition for theater camp. Cute. So one picked that one slow song from that movie you like, Greatest Showman. Greatest Showman. I already knew. It's A Million Dreams. A Million Dreams. Beautiful. That's Sienna's song. Every time I saw that movie, I cried during that scene. It's like three minutes into the movie. Wow. You're going to cry during the audition, I'm sure. I I will. I surely will. Cecilia is singing, this is my fight song. Come on. How sweet is that? First of all, it's very fitting. It's amazing. Yeah. Lucy is singing thunder. I cannot. Are you? <laughs> it's literally the greatest thing Are you've you ever seen. And she like, she's like, Mom, can I dance? Do it. Thunder. Feel the thunder. And just Definitely like dancing. dance loose. Yeah, she's dancing away. Wow. Everyone can just have their little moment. Everybody is on point living up to their Everyone, personalities. Go find your anthem for your theater camp audition. I mean, people <laughs> will probably now own Fight Song as theirs. There we go. I mean, Fight Song is amazing. Thunder is amazing. Beth, this season has been so great. So You're fun. such a joy to be with. Can you pick a favorite and episode from this season or do they all run together? They all run together. But, you know, we just had our conversation with Debbie Herbeck. And for me, it was so moving yeah. to hear how Jesus has touched and transformed the lives of real life people. Not the saints who've gone before us, mm-hmm. but people who are running the race with us is so encouraging to me. What about you? Every episode with you is my favorite. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I receive that fully. I'm not even feeling bad that I didn't say that. I just receive it. So thank you. <laughs> Do you want to pray? Please. Okay. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, thank you for the gift of this community. Thank you for coming to encounter us in these conversations. I thank you for every woman, man, child who might have heard this podcast in the car, God, would you anoint this podcast to encourage, to speak life, to bring light to the lives of every person whose ears it falls upon. Jesus, we love you. Help us to love you more, and would you grant us the grace to receive your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Beth. You're so welcome, Jenna. See you in a month. (laughs) See ya. Thanks so much for gathering with us here on the Blessed Is She podcast. Send over all your questions using the Anchor app. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us at blessedishe.net slash community and join us on all your favorite social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I love Twitter. Until next time.